Welcome to episode 54 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. Communication is a triangle, and at any given time, we as communicators only have visibility to two of its sides. That's how my guest this episode, Roger Martin, approaches effective communication. Roger is the co-founder and CEO of Rockbox Fitness and Beam Light Sauna. In this episode, we discuss the difference between being in communication and simply transmitting information, how office design can impact communication, and the difference between persuasion and manipulation. I hope you enjoy. Roger, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Absolutely. My pleasure. Before we jump into it, why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about you, your journey, and the exciting stuff that you're working on today? Sure. So I am the uh, co-founder and CEO for two brands, uh, one Rockbox Fitness, the other Beamlight Sauna. They're both franchise brands, meaning that we are the franchisor and we award franchising licenses to franchisees that are looking, you know, people that are looking to get into their own business. Uh, to be entrepreneurs. Um, some of them are already entrepreneurs, but a lot of them are uh, what I call corporate refugees, like I was myself. Um, I spent 25 years in the pharmaceutical industry. So I started my career um, when I was you know, very right out of school, very young, um, kind of the guy carrying the bag, uh, you know, going back to to promote the, the, the products to the physicians and uh, worked my way up through many executive positions, worked for several different companies and ended up in a, a chief operating officer role um, in my last stint, but spent so much time there, just kind of had an epiphany, um, probably not enough time on this podcast, but had this epiphany <laughs> at a at a trade show in Barcelona, Spain of all places, and just realized I don't want to do this anymore. I just, you know, I've been doing it for 25 years, was very successful by all means of, you know, from a career you know, check the box thing, but, um, it wasn't fulfilling. And, you know, I, I really wanted to work for myself and I also wanted to truly help people. And I wanted my legacy to be the, the cure, which, you know, we, we specialize in wellness brands. So rock box fitness is obviously a boxing for fitness concept. And there's a nutritional component that we offer uh, members and then beam light sauna an infrared sauna concept where you have a private infrared sauna that you go and, and frequent several times a week. Um, you know, those, those are the cure you know, diet, nutrition, wellness, preventative wellness, that's the cure. And, and so all the brands that that we, like brands we have now, we have a nutrition supplement line as well, and then brands that we're evaluating um, every day to, to build this platform. So we have these brands under an umbrella called Thrive More Brands, and it's really a holding company mm -hmm. that is all special uh, specialized in health and wellness franchising concepts that are complementary, but never competitive. So like we'll, you know, I don't want to say never, but I can pretty much say we'll never own another fitness concept because I wouldn't want our franchisees to compete with other franchisees that are underneath our right. umbrella. Um, whereas, you know, somebody can walk out of a Rockbox fitness class and walk right into a beam light sauna for the recovery. And, and they do, and they do, you know, it's a, it's the same avatar and it's very complimentary. So um, our, our goal is to, uh, we're based here in, in uh, the sharp uh, metropolitan Charlotte, North Carolina area. And, and our goal is to continue to acquire brands that need help to scale, that are franchise brands, all franchise brands, uh, or a brand that wants to franchise. And and we have the resources, a dedicated marketing team, a digital marketing team, you know, dedicated operations team per brand, 
you know, finance, um, franchise development, HR. We offer all of these services because we have multiple brands. So we can, we can really justify having a larger team mm -hmm. than most brands of our sizes would by themselves. So kind of a long intro there, but that's, that's the long and the short of it. Yeah. No, that's great. That's a fascinating journey and just love the work that you're doing, really focusing on, as you mentioned, the cure and fitness and uh, diet and health and just recovery that that full life cycle of it is great to hear, especially as as I'm aging and you know just feeling some of the the pains from decisions I've made you know, throughout my life. Sure. Uh, it's always something top of mind. So that's great. Uh, the work that you're doing there. Huh. And you know, I would think that from a very successful you know 20 plus year career in the corporate world with executive roles and now the work that you're doing with thrive more brands leading that looking to acquire companies and working with lots of franchisees you've come across some folks that are probably great communicators maybe some not as much but when you hear this term communication skills or that somebody is a great communicator what's the image that comes to mind for you uh, yeah, um, 25 years in corporate America and then, you know, almost 10 out of corporate America, uh, but certainly 25 in, in corporate America, I was able to watch and model some really great communicators. And as you said, I learned, okay, that's not the way to do it too, right? So um, it's actually a blessing in disguise, I think. Um, so when I, when I think of great communication, what clearly comes to mind is active listening, so it's funny, communicate, communicating, we always think of, you know, how are we going to communicate with somebody? But I always think of it, of how are we going to position ourselves to be in communication, if that makes sense, be, you know, mm -hmm. be in a, uh, a communication relationship, uh, if we can go that far with another party, which really involves active listening. And I would define active listening as, you know, checking questions uh, you know, running it back to confirm that, you know, did I, if I do understand you correctly, you're actually saying this, or you're asking for this, this is important to you. I, you know, we can get into, I'm, I'm a big fan of tonality, uh, silence. I think there's a lot of power in silence when you're communicating, it really helps drive them a point. But I think great communication, if we're going to break it down, it starts with how you're receiving communication. And if, if, if that's your, your baseline, your benchmark, then you can build upon that until you can really actively listen, understand what somebody is saying, get confirmation, ask checking questions, you know, kind of the head nods and the, I call it the puppy dog where you turn your head side, you know, like <laughs> tell me more about that, you know, um, because then people are, are being heard. And once mm -hmm. they're heard, now you're, you're going to have a much more authentic and genuine conversation. So I think it starts with, with, with active listening. One of the things you said that really resonated with me is this idea of being in communication, not just communicating. Like you said, sometimes people think of communicating as me just putting my message out there. And yep. if I'm not one taking the interest in what the other person is saying, and then making really the effort to truly understand, play it back, get that confirmation, make sure that we're on the same page you're not really in communication. You're just transmitting information. There's a huge difference there. And a big part of that is you really do need to care about what that other person is saying. If you want to have true communication, you should have that kind of curiosity as to what's going on. And 
I would think in the franchise business, as you're working with potential franchisees, right? They're thinking about, you know, taking on one of your brands or, and, and opening it in their market, really talking to them and understanding why, you know, why are they looking to do this to ensure that, is this the right fit, right? There may be something just about the brand or the culture or the way that you operate that might just be completely different for what they're looking for. So this idea of really focusing in on the other person, asking questions, and then taking the time to listen to the response is key. Yeah, for sure. Funny you say that. Um, immediately um, preceding this conversation with you, this podcast, uh, I, I did uh, what we call an executive interview. Um, and that's where a franchise prospect uh, that is a franchisee prospect that is looking to uh, you know, purchase a, a franchise license or several, um, they go through a, a very very defined discovery process. It's a regulated industry, so they need to anyway, and I'm, I want them to. Um, but we also take it several steps further than that. And, and one of them is an executive interview. It's 30 minutes with me or one of my business partners. And I ask three questions. I say, you know, one, I want you to ask questions too, but, but here are the three questions I need to understand. Why now? Why franchising? And most importantly, why Rockbox or why Bean? Mm -hmm. And and because as you said, like, you, you know, it, it's got to be a great fit and I need to understand, you know, why now, why are you looking to make a change now? Why are you looking to be an entrepreneur, which is hard, you know, mm -hmm. Instagram's full of a lot of people that are saying that, you know, it's super easy and look at my Lamborghini and what, you know, and it's all that's, it is hard work, man. Owning a business is hard work. We've created simple business models. So they're, they're very simple to run. These aren't, these aren't complex businesses. But it's not easy. I'll never say it's easy. And and it, you know, simple and easy. That sounds like they're they're contradictory, mm -hmm. but they're not. It's it's simple, but you got to work it. And you got to work it. You know, a lot. So I always like to find out why, why mm -hmm. now, especially, and then you know, why franchising, and then why one of our brands, um, and that that starts off the conversation in a very authentic way because they can say, well, here's my journey. You know, I was in corporate, or I am corporate America, or whatever, or I've. I've tried on my own and wasn't successful. I need, you know, more of a proven operating system that allows us to then have a much more authentic conversation around that. And again, not to go back to the first question, but it starts with me asking questions and then listening, you know, listening, understanding really what they want to do. It's a novel idea to actually listen to people when you ask, ask them a question. It's, you'd be amazed if lots of people ask questions, but they just tune out once they've asked because they're thinking about what they're going to say next. And you know, this approach of, you know, why now, why this, why us is really a framework that I think can be applied to so many aspects of life. You Outside of the podcast, I run a communication skills training company. So as we're meeting with a client, oftentimes it is, you know, why now? What's going on in your organization that caused you to reach out to respond to one of our messages? You know, why this particular course? Why this topic? You know, what skill gaps are you seeing? And then really the why us, why Communispond is, you know, what do you look for in a partner when you're trying to roll out a training? So if you think of those three questions, beautiful groundwork and framework for most conversations you can have in life and in business. Yeah. 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 This isn't communication. It's not just about business. This is your personal relationships, um, your, your spouse relationship. I mean, it, yeah, great communication serves you in so many, all aspects of your life, yeah. all aspects. That's yeah. one of the reasons that I love what I do so much is that really does transcend everything that we do from, from birth to the, the end of it, full life cycle. We are communicating in one way or the other 
different phases of our life, the communication tools and strategies and reasons are going to change, but having those skills is crucial. And a great segue to the next thing I wanted to talk about, you know, from, from the role that you're in, you know, leading a business now, being an entrepreneur, what are some of the skills that you are seeing that are really critical for, for people to bring to the table, whether maybe you're hiring somebody, you're looking to promote somebody throughout your organization or potentially even franchisees. What are some of the communication skills that really are important today? Yeah. Um, good question. So it's, it's funny. I, I think, um, man, I, I want to answer this in a way that's politically correct, but I'm going to be blunt. Uh, the, and I know every generation says, oh, the younger generation, they don't, you know, blah, blah. I'm sure our parents said the same thing about us. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that, you know, this device, this device, uh, I'm, for the listeners, I'm holding up a phone, um, has really short-circuited just basic communication skills in the younger generation. And I and I can say this, I have a 22-year-old daughter and a, a 20-year-old son. Um, you know, of course, they much prefer talking via text, they much prefer, mm-hmm. you know, communicating, uh, you know, in, in sound bites, but that's, that's not how to have a rich business relationship. That's not how to, and I, I manage, you know, we have people from their mid forties down to, to their early twenties on my team. We've got 26 people on my team. And it's funny that, that, that generation that's probably 32 or younger, I'll say, you know, Hey, have you reached out to X, you know, whatever client or whatever franchisee? Yep. What happened? Uh, they haven't gotten back to me. Did you call them? No, I, I emailed them. Okay, but did you call them? Well, I actually, I'll text them right now. No, pick up the phone and call them. Like have a human to human conversation. So I know that's not maybe the answer you were looking for, but I just, I mean, it, it get to me, it gets yeah. down to just basic blocking and tackling of have a human to human conversation to start this off with because so many people are defaulting to this, this faceless interaction of, I emailed, I text, I texted twice, you know, no, mm-hmm. pick up the phone and call until they answer or get in the car and go see them. Um, but that is not the comfort zone of, uh, of, of Gen Z. And I, again, I say this cause I have two kids in, that are Gen Z and, and I know what, what their preferred, you know, and all their friends, what their preferred uh, mode is. And, and again, that, that generation has a lot of great things going for them and are doing things mm-hmm. in a better way than, than my generation did. Um, but I wouldn't say communication is one of them. And, and I, it, it starts off with just having a conversation face to face, you know, even if it's digital, at least it's face to face where, uh, um, there are a lot of people and I'm, I hire for, I own a, a couple or I own a, a couple of different businesses outside of this. And one of them is a beam light sauna studio. I, I own a, a, one of the franchises. And so I hire a bunch of, you know, young 20 year old people. I have a manager who actually does all the hiring, but, but she runs it and it's, it's staffed with mostly 20 somethings and we have a great team, but she has to filter through so many candidates to find someone that can just communicate. Like we can teach the skills, skills mm-hmm. are teachable, but traits, traits, um, and, and part of your question, you know, how do you, you know, like managing and leading. I hire for traits. Like I want somebody that has communication skills. I want somebody that, that has that confidence around, Hey, I don't know it, but I'll learn it. I want someone that will, will embrace something outside of their comfort zone. And you've got to go through a lot of resumes now to find somebody willing Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and, 
and, and we have we have a great team and they're they're wonderful with the with the members and have a great and they give them a great member experience but it's i find it more challenging today to find good communicators than than i've had in the past it reminds me of a conversation on a recent episode where you know, the guests and i were talking about the concept of multi-generational workforce where we've really always had that but it hasn't been until probably the past 15 or so years where the rate of change of technology has accelerated so quickly that the gaps and the differences in communication styles and the technology and the tools that are being used, that, that Delta has just gotten so wide. And yep. I think it's important for both sides kind of to meet somewhere in the middle. Agreed. But the key is making sure that you're finding the right tool for the right time. So yeah, sometimes text message is absolutely appropriate to do, yeah, right? Sure. Sometimes picking up the phone is the appropriate thing to do. So it is getting people to step outside of that comfort zone and be able to really identify when should I pick up the phone? What is okay for an email? Does this need to be a meeting? And those are some of the skills that yeah, I agree uh, tend to be lacking just because it is so heavily reliant now with some of the younger generations just on the, the faceless technology. And th this prior guest brought up a great point. He was a former high school teacher. So he said so much of the communication that's happening today, especially say in schools and colleges is curated. It's edited, right? They spend so much time on writing out this message or this post or editing this picture in this video that true spontaneous think on your feet communication is being sacrificed and those skills are, are waning. So I think really focusing in on that, how can you be able to think on your feet, have a genuine in real life IRL conversation with people. And that, that takes practice. You got to get those yeah. reps in. And if you're always doing it via text message and having the opportunity to think through and edit and re-edit, those skills are going to, going to fade away. 100% agree. 100% agree. Yep. Roger, as you think of your career journey, the success that you had in corporate America, now the success that you're having here as an entrepreneur, if, if you had to point to say one or two skills, or you know, perhaps I asked somebody that's close to you, you know, what's the key communication skill that really has helped Roger to get to where he is today? What would they mm -hmm. share with me? Um, probably two things. One, Persuasion and influence, uh, which is a communication skill. And I really, I, I champion three things. If you can hire well, and I, I believe in competency selection, interviewing, there's just so much data behind behavioral interviewing versus hypothetically, what would you do in this case, mm -hmm. you know, which is hypothetical. Um, but, you know, behavioral is all, what have you done in the past? Because that's the best predictor of future performance. So if you can hire well, you can lead people, and we'll talk about that around communication, and you can persuade and influence either your people, and when I say persuade and influence, I do not mean manipulation. Manipulation mm -hmm. is getting somebody to do something that is good for you, but bad for them. Persuasion and influence is, I know this is good for you. You just can't see it yet. So I need to persuade and influence you to recognize the value in, in what I'm you know, trying to get you to do. So I've spent you know, 30 plus years studying persuasion and influence and human psychology around that because it fascinates me. Everything from you know, sales to, to pricing models and how pricing can, you know, persuade people and just the way you mm -hmm. set prices. And it just fascinates me. It's all human psychology. So if you can hire people, you can lead and you can persuade and influence, you can pretty much write your ticket. You can really mm -hmm. do as, you know, be as successful as you choose to be. I would, I would say in leadership, 
um, a quote I love, General uh, Douglas MacArthur, is, you know, great generals don't give commands that can be understood. They give commands that cannot be misunderstood. And that's a different take on it, right? It, it's, you have to be so, my, my, drives my wife crazy, but like, let's say I'm going to order, or let's say I, I, you know, I'm confirming a plumber to show up. I don't know. Let's just make something up here. Mm -hmm. But she laughs because I do it every time. I'm like, awesome. All right. So Thursday at three, you'll be here. Cool. All right. So Thursday at three, I'll see you here at the house and here's our address. Awesome. All right. Great. All right. Like well, I'm looking forward to seeing, you, and I'll see you Thursday at three. Like I'll say it three times. Um, and I mean, I'm not usually that blatant, but I, but I weave mm -hmm. it in three times every single time, you know, confirming a dinner reservation, whatever. She's like, why do you do that? I'm like, because I want to make sure that I'm not misunderstood and that it's very clear exactly what my expectation is so that they win. I'm setting them up to win as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but it is kind of a habit that I've formed over the years where I will iterate in three different ways. I'll say it, I won't say it that blatantly, but three different ways to confirm that there's no misunderstanding. So great leadership around communication is not just, you know, getting people to understand it's saying it so clearly breaking it down. So a six-year-old, let alone an MBA, but a six-year-old could understand exactly what is expected of them so that they win. So they're set up to, if they choose, they're set up to win. Mm -hmm. Love the quote. That is a, just yeah. a, a fantastic quote because when it comes to communication, there's a huge difference in your intent and sometimes what is received, right? What you put out there and what somebody takes in, a lot of times it can be very, very different. So if you are very clear and precise in your communications, you you repeat it, you give them all the, the details that they need, can make a big difference. And I have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. And if I just think about sometimes communicating with them with something that I want them to do, right? Maybe the room's a mess. I'm like, all right, you guys need to clean your rooms. You need to get your laundry put away. Whatever it is, unless I specifically say, before you do anything else, this needs to happen or this is going to happen, right? Unless you're sure. explicitly clear with them. And, and if I don't do that, honestly, that's on me as a communicator because I was not very clear. I, I didn't give... I gave, what was the quote? Like I gave an instruction that, uh, you know, couldn't be misunderstood or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But you, know, you have to be very crystal clear because as I mentioned, intent really doesn't matter in communications. It's all about how it is received by that person on the other end. For sure. For sure. Roger, as you think through your career and as you've developed mm -hmm. your communication styles and, and honed your skills throughout your career, who has been somebody that has had an influence on that communication style? Maybe you know, what did you take from them, mold, tweak, and, and kind of make your own? Hmm. I, um, another great question. I have kind of cobbled together with duct tape and chicken wire my my mentors. Um, I, I wish I was the guy that could say, oh, I had, you know, this mentor or these two mentors in my whole life. And I've always got, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I have not been that fortunate. Um, I, I've had some great leaders that I've reported to. I've had some horrific leaders that you know, I would never work for again. Um, so I've kind of taken things from everyone. And I've also, those people I've learned what not to do. So mm -hmm. I've kind of taken that all together and almost had this, um, you know, I have some online mentors. They don't know who I am, but I, I follow them and, and I really, you know, they, they really have an impact on me. So 
I would say that, you know, I've had, uh, I had a, a boss um, that I reported to for a while and then became her peer, uh, one of the pharmaceutical companies. And, you know, she was, I was a young, very driven, you know, I, I'm going to, I had the data and I was right kind of thing. And, and she took me aside one meeting and she said, you know, Roger, you can prove your point without proving other people wrong. And then she just walked away. Right. She was, and she said she had this sweet Southern accent. You know, she just walked <laughs> up and just kind of touched my shoulder and just said that and then just walked away. And man, I still remember, you know, that was 25 years ago. And I still remember it because it had such an impact because it was so true. You know, was I trying to communicate or was I trying to prove other people wrong? Well, it was the latter. And and really, you know, it helped me mature into the former. And, you know, I, I've, I've taken bits and pieces from from all kinds of of, of different people and their advice. But if I'm really honest, I think um, like we just had a big summit where we bring like we had 200 people together in, in Nashville for our, our franchise summit. And so I had some general stage time, you know, a uh, um, couple of presentations and I've really worked on my, my delivery and my, you know, I use a lot of pauses, a lot of silence because you know, when you get quieter and you get slower, people lean in, right? They lean in to listen yep. and they're waiting for what you're going to say next. And I've, I, and I learned that through, comedians through through comedy if you want to see somebody who's an amazing communicator look at the dave Chappelle's, you know the, the chris rocks uh, there's a great guy i love now called uh, his name is nate bargazzi like love you just nate. No, love him you know oh and I, I went and saw him live in Asheville, and he was even better live than he is on amazon and, and netflix but it's the delivery and and the cadence and i mean i know they they hone it to a a, a craft but I, I've learned so much from watching, and I'll tell you, I think Chappelle is the master because mm -hmm. he's so comfortable on stage. He's going to go at his pace, which makes you relax and enjoy and sink into your seat and laugh even harder because he's in full control of that silence and he's comfortable with that silence. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, some people, some comedians and a lot of people in life have to fill that silence. They've got to go, go, you know, and if there's any break, they're going to fill it with an um or an ah or some just comment that makes, you know, it's not germane to this. And and I've learned from watching, you know, a great comedian who does it live um, because I think acting is a little different because, you know, they can try it 15 times before they get it right. But, you know, comedy is like acting without a net, you know, it's live without a net. And I, so I've learned a lot of my business lessons. I've learned, you know, compassion and grace in business um, through great leaders but my delivery and even the way I persuade influence, I, I swear I've learned a lot of that from comedy. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I big fan of Nate Bargatze. He's such, yeah. a, such a great, great comedian. And I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast yesterday and they were talking about Norm MacDonald and you mm -hmm. mentioned pauses and they, what they talked about was how Norm would be so comfortable in the silence to let a joke land and especially if it was the maybe the joke didn't go over yeah. sometimes people feel like they were punishing the audience for not laughing but he was giving the audience time to really understand what he just said let it sink in and sometimes that's needed when you're delivering a presentation or a speech give the audience time to process what you just said especially if it's a key point it's something very important in your presentation be comfortable with that silence it allows the message to resonate a little bit and then for you, the speaker, it allows your brain to catch up to your mouth and eliminates what you're talking about. So you don't fill it with the ums or the ahs or the 
throwaway statements that don't add any value and ultimately take away from your presence as a speaker. So yeah, be comfortable with the pause is a fantastic tip. And what you talked about with the, the one mentor who said, you know, you can prove your point without proving other people wrong. It's this idea of when you're communicating, are you trying to amplify your message or are you simply trying to amplify yourself? That's something I think people need to be aware of when they're putting something out there. Is it really about the message or is this more so about you? I'm sure all of us have been in meetings before where there are people that just talk for the sake of talking because they want to be heard. They want to get their, their name out there in front of maybe some of the other senior execs that are in the room or listening in. So focus really more so on amplifying the message versus amplifying yourself and be comfortable with the pauses that will take you a long way in your development. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Roger, as we're wrapping up here, what piece of advice would you have for somebody, whether they are fresh out of school, looking to start their career, maybe they're a budding entrepreneur or mid-career, making a change and you know they want to go into uh, you know owning a franchise or something like that, you know, just anyone really, what would you say advice for them around the importance of communication skills and the impact that they can have on their on their life? Yeah. Uh, I, I So I have a lot of young people on my team that I, I have these conversations with, right? Um, so I'm, I'm fresh off a lot. In fact, I just had a feedback session this morning with someone. And I talk about uh, this triangle. Um, I learned this from the Harvard Negotiation Project. They wrote a book called Difficult Conversations. And the, the triangle is, you say something, you, you said this earlier, you, you know, somebody says something, it's received or perceived in a manner which we don't know because we're not inside that person's head. Mm -hmm. But the person that received the message doesn't understand the context. They don't have the context for why you said and what you said. So what I try to teach our team and our, our, our people, and I've given everybody the book, and even we even had a, like a, a full-day seminar on it, is when you're communicating with somebody, you're going to say something, they're going to receive it. That third circle in the, you know, at the top of the triangle you have to take the extra step and explain. So, you know, here's what I said. And then let me share with you why I'm asking for this or share with you why I feel this way. Or let me share with you the impact of something you said. And so that's why I reacted the way I did because this is the impact it had on me, which was in my head, which you had no, you, know, you weren't privy to. And I just think it's that three, I, I try to speak to that three-sided triangle that, you know, we only ever have two sides of it. Each person only has two sides. If you're the receiver, you heard what they said, the factual thing that they said, whatever those words were, and then the way you received it and you have that information. They have what they said and the context and reason why they mm -hmm. said it, but they don't understand how it, re it impacted you. And if you can just get people to say, hey, I you know, I really appreciate that that comment. Thank you. That helps me with this. Or Man, that that kind of hit me in a weird way. Like, I, why did you say that? What what did you mean by that? Just give me the context. Oh my gosh, no! What I was really saying was this, and and if that came off wrong, I apologize. Because really, I think you have a better opportunity. You know, blah 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 blah. Whatever it is, but it's it's just, and again, it's basic human communication. But so many people, you know, well, that guy said this. I can't believe he said that. Well, go up to the guy and say, hey, why did you say that? I'm just right. kind of curious, you know. And of course, we want to we want to do that in private. That's not something you'd probably mm -hmm. do in a public forum. But, um, you know, resentment is one of the worst, it, it'll kill an organization. It'll absolutely kill, it'll kill a relationship, as you know, 
So it, you just amplify that across more people in, a, in an organization. So it's, it's teaching people to have and empowering them. And we have a hierarchy because you have to have a hierarchy in a company or you don't have, you have chaos, mm -hmm. but we don't have a hierarchical uh, uh, organization in that, well, you know, if you want to give me feedback, you got to go through your direct supervisor, you know, like, no, we are, every wall door here is uh, floor to ceiling glass. Um, the, every office is the same size. Like we've been very deliberate on creating our workspace so that that communication flow, there's nowhere to hide. Like I'm not behind an oak door, you know, or nobody, cause I'm a CEO and I'm in the corner. I'm right in the middle of the office with everybody else, same size office, floor to ceiling glass. So that, you know, if I'm in my office, people can see and they walk right in. And I want people to come in and say, Hey, when you said this in the company meeting, like, I don't, what were you really asking for? I'm not sure what my role is in that. How do, how do I actually contribute? Hey, I'm glad you said that. I, I don't want any confusion. Come on in. Let's talk about what, really what I'm asking for. But so many companies, the higher up you go, the farther away from your team, your, you, you know, your office is and, and, and the thicker the door gets right. And all, you know, and that's just, and I, again, I learned what not to do in, in corporate America, just as much as I learned some great skills. Yeah. And if you can keep that triangle that I re referenced earlier, just continually flowing to where people feel comfortable saying, Hey, give me more context. what do you mean by this? And Hey, what were you looking for this? And, um, gosh, when you said that it, it impacted me this way, but, but I'm sure that's me. Can you give me more, you know, un better understanding? It just, it, it keeps any resentment. It keeps any, you know, noise, any head trash out of it. Are we perfect at it? Absolutely not. But it's, we have a much healthier culture and, and open communication culture. I, I think than the vast majority of organizations, because we're so intentional about it. You have to be intentional about communication. You can't just expect it to happen. So we we're very focused on that. Absolutely. The intentionality really is critical. And one of the most powerful things that you can say in communication is the reason I say this is, or the reason I'm asking this is, and it's providing that context. When you provide that context, oftentimes it brings the barriers down a little bit, helps put people at ease. So if you say, okay, well, why did you do that? Sometimes people are going to get up on their haunches and be defensive. And you think, you know, the reason I'm asking is whatever. We just went through a training about that, or I heard about this new strategy, X, Y, Z, right? So it, providing that context is going to put people at ease and I think lead to more engaging and authentic communication. And as, as you were talking about your offices, it, it just hit me. I never really thought about this before. You know, when we talk about communication, we know that only a small part of it is the words that you say. Big part of it is how you say your tone, your inflection, body language, gestures, all of that stuff. And I never really thought about it before about how your wall, your door, your desk, your chair, it all communicates. It sends a message, right? If everyone is in a little cubicle and you're in the, the big fancy office with a mahogany desk and the big leather chair, isolated from everyone else, that's sending a message of, um, I'm different, I'm separated. I've made it hard for you to even see me, let alone talk to me. So what's that going to do to their willingness to bring feedback to your attention, right? It's going to just completely crush it. And I've worked at organizations before where the executives were on their own floor. You had to have a code to get on the, on the elevator to go there. When you got there, there was a receptionist and a guard. You could, the doors were locked. You had to get buzzed in once, right? That just sends a message to people and it's just going to crush that open communication at an organization. 
And the reason why my, my, my theory, I don't you know, my theory, the reason why that is, is because of rites of passage. They had to go through the gauntlet. They had to work in the cubicle. They had to, you know, embrace the suck for a long, long period of time. And so, gosh, darn it, you're going to have to also, if you want to be, you know, and there has to be a change agent and it has, usually it has to start from the top. If almost always start, it has to be a change agent that says not here, not anymore. I, and even if that's how I grew up, so to speak, or that was, you know, my, my corporate upbringing, we are not going to, that's not tolerated here, but it takes, it takes intentionality and it takes somebody breaking that cycle of, of, you know, well, Hey, I had to go through that. And you know what? You shouldn't have to, cause it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. You know, let's just call it what it is, but you got to have somebody that's willing to, to take that stand. Couldn't agree more. Roger, thank you so much for joining me. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Wish you all the best and hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Roger Martin. Roger's point about communication being a triangle is so important. Once you realize that there is a third component to your communication, which is how your audience is receiving it, you will be better positioned to avoid or resolve any miscommunications. As always, if you're looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated. Thanks and have a great day.